Are you having feelings of doubt, anxiety, or uncertainty? Then it might be time for you to try Jesus. Jesus is the number one leading mental health solution in the black community. No insurance needed, no co-pays. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's Jesus. Try Jesus today. Hey, what's up? It's Joel. Joel Boyd. I don't know if you know. Comedian, actor, writer. Sort of, kind of a director now. You probably mostly know me as a comedy writer for such TV shows as History of Swear Words on Netflix, Drop the Mic on TBS. I mean, I've written a couple HBO Max shows, you know, been a guest star on The Shy on Showtime. The list goes on and on. Anyway, I made this short film. It's called High Power. And this podcast is an extension of that film. It's a, a mystical film. It's about a fictionalized version of myself trying to find who he is as a black comedian in Los Angeles. This podcast is an extension of that short film, which I hope you get a chance to see. If you're looking for the film, you can follow it anywhere at High Power Film, uh, especially on Instagram. But that's besides the point. You're here for the podcast. So let me just get to it. This show is not for anybody who's interested in the status quo. It is a public journey of discovery, of vulnerability from myself and my co-host, Ralph Laguerre, amazing comedian who happens to own Knockhouse Studios in downtown LA. And that's where we be recording this motherfucker. So if you can let yourself be open-minded and interested, every Sunday we gonna bring y'all some of the dopest, realest, most honest, unfiltered versions of ourselves and talking to people who are genuinely trying to find their best selves as well. This podcast is for anybody who is willing to open their mind up and genuinely try to find their way and following their heart. It's not about, you know, us just trying to make you laugh. We're two comedians, but we're really philosophical and we like to think and we hope that y'all enjoy our genuine curiosity and our conversations with guests that are comedians, actors, writers, business folks. We talk to some internet personalities. We talk to people who work in real estate. I mean, we have some amazing, amazing guests coming up on the show. Now, in this pilot, what you about to hear is just me and Ralph just shooting the shit so y'all know who we are, all right? Now, I met Ralph in Chicago, doing comedy. This man was always around, funny as shit. He would put up shows at Second City, and I would be, you know, running around doing stuff with my homies, and we always stayed cool. And now we both happened to move out to LA, and uh, separately, but we we kept kicking it. I wrote this film, this short film. I wrote a web series. I casted him in it. He's freaking hilarious and so talented. So if you can sit back and relax, listen to two comedians just shooting the shit, figuring out who we are with you, I think you guys will enjoy this show. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to High Power. I wrote the film to kind of sum up and make fun of myself for like my journey as trying to find like what the fuck I'm doing as a artist or a comedian, whatever, a black comedian in LA. So I kind of made fun of it in this film. 
And I'm realizing, like, just to try to trust and just, like, let the river just carry you. I think so, so many of us can fight the flow of what's happening and just letting that be what it is. I don't know if it's just L.A. I don't know if it's capitalism. But I think we can, especially during the pandemic, and I, I wonder how you feel about this, Ralph. I've been a victim of this kind of anxiety for most of my life. But just feeling like you're not doing enough. You know, a lot of our friends work really hard. But I think, like, you can get to a place where it's it's just obsessive and it's unhealthy. And you're not able to really take care of yourself. I'm at a place where I'm, I'm I really do feel like I'm just floating and just flowing, letting the river just kind of go. Why fight it? I think we fight it and we get in our in our way, like, you know, like by overthinking, like, is this is this flow going to last forever? Or do mm-hmm. I, should I prepare for the, you know, storm? Like, yeah. I don't know how, how I feel towards like, I like the statement of going along with the flow and just like enjoying the life that like, you know, like that is happening around you. Like, yeah. and sometimes the flow is too strong for your, you know, like, I like that analogy. I. I feel like that's a good place to be too because you're not like the pressure's really not on you because you feel like you've done the work so now it's just like letting God just go ahead and take the, the flow for me like that's how I interpret it is like God like just like rushing you down to this this path and this journey where you know you're going to be safe in your land you know like yeah. and even when you have a waterfall there's going to be a parachute but I like that journey I really do yeah. I like that journey for you and congratulations like on the film Thank, thank you, you for making me a part of this film and this journey. And thank you for like, you know, opening your imagination and like putting it out there, like putting your, yeah. cause it's such a vulnerable and this is high power podcast, like pilot. So this is like a perfect time for you to just like really explain like what made you want to do this. I know like mm-hmm. people are going to hear this story a lot and they're going to hear about us a lot, but <laughs> yeah. I just like, I just wanted to like, peek into your brain like to get people to actually know like what's behind what pushed this beat like who is joel Mm -hmm. boyd like i know people that know you just know like you're a worker and you're you're very talented but it was just like there was there something that like pushed you to make this film or was there just like uh was there a void was there like that you Mm -hmm. didn't see on screen and you wanted to see or was this just like a part of your like testimony journey that you wanted to like share with the world and see who else can relate I think it was kind of all those things. And to be completely real with y'all, like I did this project and I'm not mad at anybody who was on this project. I don't even want to name what it was, low key. But it was a project that I did and I realized after looking at it and watching it, I really, I was really mostly upset with myself because I realized I only did it because somebody else, it was a director in Hollywood, asked me to do it. And I was really kind of upset because I didn't know I was doing this at the time, but this was maybe only like two or three years ago, right before we made the movie. Mm -hmm. I realized I was, I only did the project because I, I was excited to be asked to do something. And I was on this mode of like, ooh, say yes. Because, you know, you never know if, you know, in Hollywood, you never know if you're going to get an op- another opportunity to do things or whatever. But I just realized when I did it and I wrote it and I did all these things to make this happen and work with really cool people, 
But I once I made it, I realized it wasn't me, bro. Mm. It just wasn't me. It wasn't actually me. And people might know what I'm talking about even by me saying this. But like, it was a, a different project that was a parody of myself. But it wasn't vulnerable. It wasn't really saying anything about being a black actor in LA. It wasn't really saying like what I think it's, it sometimes feels like to to pursue this lifestyle. And it was it, not to say that this is like a bad thing, but it was like I wanted it to be blacker. I wanted it to be weirder. I wanted it to be more honest. And I don't. I I really. I don't like thinking of things as as a race thing, but sometimes it is. Like, I was just done letting white people let me be their black best friend or, Mm. like, assigning me a certain type of black character because of who they perceive me and my comedy personality to be. So I think, anyway, to make a long story short, that's why I think this all came out because I was just done like letting other people define me. Mm. Um, Which is crazy because arguably I went to Just for Laughs by by still, and this is my opinion. If anybody who's seen me do stand-up, maybe you can talk me out of this, but I think my opinion is I I went to one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world still kind of doing stand-up to where I was doing stuff that I thought other people would should think is funny mm. instead of me doing what I know I want to say mm. and just being funny. You know, I don't know. But you think that you think that haunts you a little bit? Yeah, but I think I'm I think it's like a journey like I'm learning every day. I'm still learning. Like even though we made the film and I know why I did it, I still have problems like saying no to people. Like, and I don't know what that is. Like, it may have been from my childhood of just like wanting to make friends. Like, I think that's why I'm funny. Like, just noticing that, oh, I, I, if, if I make people laugh, like, I, th- I, there's so many benefits socially from that. Yeah. Like, I stopped bullying and, you know, it was got to get, you know, women interested and all that kind of stuff. But I think at the end of the day, it was like, I think for a long time I was being funny in the way that it was like, okay, I can I can make everybody comfortable in this room, but now I'm more excited, like even just getting back on the other side of the pandemic, like I'm more excited to do stand-up that makes people uncomfortable. Mm. And like, yeah, it's and it's scarier. Yeah. But it's uncomfortable for them. Well, I wouldn't say uncomfortable. You're saying uncomfortable as far as like now it's time to get into like the white meat of things you would say that would mm-hmm. makes Joel laugh as opposed to like, hey, I want you to accept me. Here are my jokes. Mm-hmm. And now you're Well, like, not even like, I don't even think, and I'll, I'm interested to see what you think about how you watch stand-up. Okay. Because sometimes... I don't know if I... Well, I think when I watch stand-up, obviously, I like... Sometimes the smartest thing makes me laugh. Sometimes the dumbest thing makes me laugh. Sometimes it's just the way a a comedian words something, like the specific words to Mm -hmm. express a certain emotion are funny. But I think when I'm 
doing stand-up, I'm more interested in like exploring an idea and and finding how to make that funny instead of and I and I am guilty of this. Like I think for a long time I was doing things that I thought people would think was funny mm. instead of talking about something that's important to me and just letting my personality just be where the jokes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. come from. But how do you, do you have a difference in how you, how you like to watch stand up versus how you do it? Yeah, I guess when I watch stand up, I'm just like watching to see what I laugh at event, like mm-hmm. instinctively without just like studying. I think like when you first start stand up, like, because I, you got ah, oh, this is such a good question because it's like I view stand up in different stages of like when I first started to like now how I am now. Yeah. Like when I first started, of course you're studying, and you're just like, okay, I see, like I see how he is, and da da da. I see how she is. Okay, this is what makes this person great. This is why they, and you're studying this. But now, like I'm, I'm watching stand up to enjoy stand up like I did that's what got me into the game that's what I want to so when I watch I'm just like like the last special I watched was probably Rothaniel yeah yeah that was a and that wasn't like a I wasn't a ha 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 right it was more of a uncomfortable like you Mm -hmm. know journey of a man so and that you can even watch and you're just like okay like oh I can see why people call this a special and this is like really good and then I watched like a Dion Cole, which is a beast of like, I think he's like funny to me. Like, yeah. and I'm just like, what makes him funny? This man has experience. This man also has a writing ability like no other. He has his act out is great. Like, so yeah, I do break it down. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. and then when I go on stage, it's just like, okay, am I being the Ralph that I will be proud of when I get off stage? Mm-hmm. Like, if I if I sense like I'm getting into a joke and I feel like it's just to get a laugh, then I, I like ease my way into a crowd joke so I can like get into the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because uh, it's just like the automatics, I feel like kill, kill comics. Like when they go up there so predetermined, right. like predetermined to get these jokes off no matter what the room says, yeah. no matter what. They're just like, nope, I wrote these jokes. These jokes, I know they're good. This room's going to get it or they're not for me. And it's just like, yo, read the room and yeah. be in the moment or you're going to lose the reason why you're doing this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When I really moved to Chicago and I started doing mics, you know, without my fa- without being in my hometown, like my family was no longer there. I think I was doing stand-up to connect with people. Mm. Was that ever a part of why you think you get up there? Yeah, I think that's how I um, started talking to comics, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like I didn't talk to comics, like, off stage, Like, unless I did my job on stage. You mm-hmm. know, like, I didn't feel like they would say what's up to me. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And I feel like that's how I proved my worth. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. That's how I felt, like... Did I prove my worth? Am I worthy of being in this room with you guys? Like, mm-hmm. you guys accept me? Like, yeah, that's how that's how I felt like I, when we met in Chicago. That was just like, oh, I'm new to the city. Like, before I start, like, I let me show my work ethic. Like, I can really, I can really work in this comedy game. Like, yeah. hopefully, you guys can be cool. You know, and then I think in that same sense of Chicago, like, I realized like just because we're all comedians, we're not all friends. 
And I was mm-hmm. just like, for the, like, and you notice that in every scene, like everyone has their clique and who they hang out with. And yeah, I like, yeah, no, towards the end, I was just like, damn, this is kind of like a, like, I don't even know who's a friend or not. Like, it's just like a sad mm-hmm. thing situation where I'm just like, I don't know if we didn't do comedy, we'd be friends. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, we do jokes together and we're bonded by like our, our love for validation of strangers and mm-hmm. our thoughts of being funny, but are we really friends? And I see people that would be friends and I'm like, damn, I don't think I, I don't think if I wasn't doing comedy, would I be friends with any of these guys? Like, would yeah. they be friends with me? Is it me? Like, you know how they have that meme on TikTok? Is it me, Jesus? Is it me? Like, I'm like, is it me? Is that, do I cause this? I, yeah. I mean, like, I like to talk and I like to entertain people. And I, I understand, like, I'm also like, I like to recharge. I like to be in mm-hmm. solitude. I, I don't. You, do you, are you an introvert, would you say? Um, I, I don't know the if I'm a complete introvert. Mm-hmm. I just know I talk to, I've, have you ever had someone just like read you like from a from their perspective yeah. of who you are? Yeah. And you're just like, holy shit. Like there was one time a girl like read who I was. Like you guys don't know who I am really, really. But like she read me so. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you just meet her? No, like she just like worked with me and then understand like, like, like it was just like my friends were like, I do psychedelics. So we'll talk about this on the podcast eventually. Like, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah. I do psychedelics. And this is like one night, I'll tell you, like, this is one night on a beach, like coming down from like a sound bath psychedelic trip. Okay. And we're coming back home and settling in. And there was just like a group of people. I couldn't just be in that room. It was just like, oh, I can't. So this, my friend Brian and this girl, and I won't say her name, but like she comes out. And Should we give her a name? Uh, Should we make up one? Yeah, I mean, she was on The Bachelor. She was on The Bachelor. Oh, shit. Yeah, she was on The Bachelor. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Fuck, I'm trying to remember her name now. We can <laughs> like, make it up. We'll, all right, so like, we'll just say like Claudia. 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 It's, it's Claudia. So she, Claudia is like, she's tripping too. Like, but like, she's new to tripping. So she's just like saying what, how she feels. It's not okay. like she has a thinking. It's just like, wow, this is, I'm really happy. Like, this is it. And she's like, Ralph, you're like a really great friend. Like, you're a great friend. <laughs> but you also, when we first meet you, it's just like, we don't know who you are and you don't let people in. But once you're in like the circle, it's such a great thing. But if you're outside <laughs> of the circle, it's just like, you don't know if he likes you or not. He's just like, and you're friendly, but you're not like, you don't deal with like, and she's just like going and she's like, it's a beautiful thing on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like you're so encouraging. But on the other side of it is just like, if you're not there, if you, I don't, yeah. I don't. And I was just like, holy shit, that is me. Like, cause the other, my boy Brian was like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like exactly and these guys are just like knowing me and they understand like I, I just like I like who I like yeah. so if that makes me an introvert it's because I shut down when I feel like it's not for me to be yeah, yeah, yeah. the person to be like hi I'm yeah. in a room like I feel like I read people's energy. I'm like, that person needs to be an extrovert right now. He, right. Or she needs to, they need it. Like, they need to, They need this right now. I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need to be the star in the room. So you were never, were you ever class clown type? You were. I was, I would watch the class clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just be like, that's a clown. But <laughs> I would. And I would just be like, you know what I mean? I was just like, you're doing clownish shit. Like, you know, like, and I can't, I'm not a clown guy, but I'm more of a, 
I hear what you say and I had wordplay jokes. Like I'd just be like, yeah. oh, or like I would say the slick shit in the back room and people would laugh and be like, if you didn't get the joke, it's just like, this nigga is hilarious. <laughs> like, but I'd watch the clown and be like, this nigga, he'll get class clown. I didn't know it was like, yeah, yeah. I was a running in high school. Like, damn, I, I would have acted like my brother's more of a class clown than I was. Oh, like, okay, okay. And like, yeah, but. I was more of like, haha, I'm like, and I think I still to this day, like when there's comedians in the room and comedian be like, joke for joke for joke. And they just like going in and running and run like, mm -hmm. and I'll say like one line, like, and it, yeah. it'll be funny, but I won't like, de like, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I think it's like a, I think it's something I like to be around comedians when it's just like roasting session. Like, yeah. But I'm not like the, all right, nigga, I have four yeah, planned up for get you. get in here. Yeah. Now. I do that with family, but I don't do that with like other yeah, people. Yeah, because comics, you'll get your ass ripped into. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they they just be like, okay, where was that coming from? Were you holding that yeah, the whole bro, time? Did you have that? <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> six months? You know, like roasting me? sessions? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, shit, nigga, you were watching yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, that was too crafted. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The articulation of the, the roast of my pants was... Yeah. Like, like, you watched yeah. me wear these pants. <laughs> yeah. For four months and didn't say shit, yeah. and then you're like, "Yo, we should do a roast battle." Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And I love watching roast battles. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Bro, some of them I can't. I'll do it eventually. I would just to have some fun, just to say fuck it. Uh, I just, uh, it's just like one of my things. Like, oh, I'm so weak with it. Like, because it's like I know this comic's been waiting to like roast me and just like, yeah. I think I have a like. Uh, I'm never invited to roast because I just be like, I'm. I think I'm considered like a cool comic. Like I'm so chill comic. Yeah. But it's just, I think it's like on stage, I'm not chill. Like right, right, right. I'm stage. I'm like, that's when I'm like, I'm yeah. the clownish comic, yeah. foolish. Co and then when I get off stage, I'm just like, I'm chill. I just gave the audience all my energy. So what yeah. do you guys want to do? Smoke? Want to smoke weed? <laughs> I smoke weed. Let's talk shit. And then if I'm comfortable with you, like if it's usual, Niles, like all these guys, like yeah. then I'm joking, then I'm having a good time. But if it's just like, I don't know, strangers that are just like w waiting for me to say something there to Tam, I'm like, yeah. you're going to be disappointed. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back to High Power Pod after a word from our sponsor. You ever just wake up and go to your closet and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to wear today, but I want to feel like myself. Like, I want to feel dope. I want to feel super charged. Like, I'm a superhero putting on my uniform. You know where you need to go? Alert Clothing Brand. These guys are a young fashion company doing amazingly positive things. I mean, they have premium materials. They have t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and, and all original designs with these creative sayings that just let you know that you are coming into your power as a human being. They, they try to really encourage everybody who's a part of their movement to enlighten themselves and stay vigilant on a journey of finding the best you. You know what I mean? You you, you want to feel like you you on your purpose, like you you confident, like you feeling self-awareness and self-development. So I need you to go ahead and get your fashion game up. Go to alert.com. That's A-L-L-I-R-T.com. And you can also keep up with them at Alert Brand on Instagram. And when you get to that website, I need you to do one thing for me. You got a discount code only from us at High Power Podcast. Go ahead and type in Power pod on the checkout all right that's your code go ahead and type in power pod for an exclusive discount only from high power listeners so go ahead and 
get into the best self that you possibly can with Alert Clothing brand, all right? They are here to remind you that you are a God having a human experience. Alert.com. I think you're right. Like, I think some of the best comedians are the observers. Mm -hmm. They're just, you know, in high school, I wasn't the class clown either. Like, I, I realized I don't like attention in that way. Like, it even, even compliments are like, it's, and I need to work on that. I think I talked up to a, like a specialist life coach about that. But I was like, oh man, like, I don't, the way I process, like, even just the attention or feeling good about myself, I think I can only, maybe it's because, I don't know, I started doing stand-up when I was like 15, 14, 15. Mm. So like, Son of a bitch. I think laughter has always been like a, like a token of acceptance, like self-acceptance maybe. Mm. Um, mm. So when I started seeking that out, I think it was just like a, a weird way for me to get a gauge on like, oh, okay, I my behavior, my existence is okay. Like, I think that maybe I was subduing my anxiety at the time. But nah, like, the, the, the people who were, like, really, really needed that attention, like, the dudes who were, like, I remember when people found out I did stand-up or I did comedy, people would be like, huh, really? Joel? Joel's funny? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Quiet. He's yeah, so quiet. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's because I'm watching all y'all asses. Like, I got, I know what's going on. Like, I could, but I, maybe that's part of the the talent of it is like, and 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 being a good writer too is like taking everything that's going on and just clocking it. Just clocking shit. I'd rather be the dude who's clocking everything and at the end of the year, I'll be able to like, but this also, I wonder what you think about this. Like, I think it's also a defense mechanism. Like socially, I think, you know, a really, really good comedian is just watching what's going on and not trying to be the center of attention mm-hmm. until they know. Like I think my I was funny, but I would wait to to for people to need my humor. Like if the teacher was arguing with some kid in the class and it was just awkward or like people were, it was a substitute teacher or the vibes was off. Like, I could literally reset the vibe like, mm. in a second. Like, until, until and niggas was just like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Like, I, I could re- hit a reset button with a joke that'll make the teacher laugh, the rest of the kids and everybody would be, like, cool. Mm. But I wouldn't, I wasn't, I I didn't understand, like, and, and some kids needed that, though. Like, I'm, I'm not judging those class clowns, but it's like, I don't know. That never really was me. I didn't like to be just in front of people constantly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I definitely use uh, laughter or jokes as defense mechanism for sure. Not for like bullies. I think just like awkward situations <laughs> yeah. or I feel like there's tense, like it's tense in the room and I would do like, I cut the tension or there's anxiety between two people and I'm like, duh. And then sometimes like, that shit saved my... I feel like that shit saved my life. Like, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, just like, Jesus saved my life. Like, maybe I'll, I'll I'll give the co to God. Like, but it was just like comedy, like, set, like, you know, like you're talking about like high power and this like the higher purpose, like, you mm-hmm. know, of life. Like, like, to be frank, like, if I didn't do comedy, like none of this, like us being in a studio that we are in LA would have never happened. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, just yeah. like taking that risk and this, and it was just like one of those like you're in dark thoughts of like who am I? Identity crisis, like, mm-hmm. like I mean, people don't talk about it in the twenties because they say like midlife crisis, but I feel like there's a lot of people in their twenties that are just like lost in the sauce if they're not in the, like the blueprint program of like college degree, married kids that right. And there's a lot of people just like that seeking independence and like entrepreneurship or just like another way of like living life, and that shit like costs them. Mm-hmm. So. I was in college and I did not know what was going on, like, as far as, like, what life should be. Like, I didn't see a a college route where I'm like, I'm going to be an attorney. Like, and I even followed attorneys. I was like, I don't like their life. Like, I don't. (laughs) Like, it was like an office. So I'm just, like, (laughs) flunking out of these, like, classes because I'm like, honestly, like, I have no vision of, like, Mm -hmm. or purpose of, like, what I want to be. Did you never, like, did you ever have a moment where you saw a version of yourself, like, successful? Like, I I feel like for me, pivotal moment for me was like, well, there's a few examples. Mm. But Chris Rock, for sure, when I just saw, like, a skinny, just kind of nerdy black guy who who could kill for black crowds, but also I knew, I had learned his childhood story of, like, being bust to white schools mm, mm-hmm. and navigating that world. Cause I was like that. Like I had, you know, when I did theater as a kid, it was all, I was around all the white kids in Milwaukee. And then, but when I came home or when, you know, my neighborhood and when I played basketball, it was, I was trying to make the black kids laugh. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole different world. How, you know, and you know, people like Donald Glover, obviously kind of learning how they were able to exist. But did you ever have a moment was there anybody like that? Even that's not famous, but somebody who you saw that were like, oh, okay, that's me. I should be doing that. Like before I started in general? Yeah, like, the, um, or did that never kind of happen for you? It, you- it, it wasn't a person mm-hmm. that I could say. Like, I mean, when they would come to my college and be like, oh, oh they do stand-up. That's cool. Like, yeah. I feel like I can do that. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, I can do that. And then it was like, click. It was more of like, like, I would go to my, during this, this press, depressed state. Like, I didn't even know it was mm-hmm. depression until I was out of it. Yeah. Like, I was, like, just depressed. And I would go to my friend's house, and we'd play spades, and I would, like, tell stories about, like, and I'm just joking around. Yeah. And then, then, like, when she would have friends, or, like, my friend Tiffany, like, we had just met, and I would go to her apartment because I was friends of her friends. So, like, now she's, like, oh, I have friends that are coming from out of town, come over. I'll be like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, she'd be like, no, come entertain them. Like, <laughs> come tell stories. Stop being stupid. Just come over. Like, she would be serious. Like, come yeah. to my house, entertain my guests. <laughs> like, that's it. And that's, I was just like, that's dope. And I would get up, you know, we're, we're smoking and we're having a good time and just like, just like tell stories and be jokey. Like, I can't tell you the stories I was doing, but I, I could make people laugh like and make people feel comfortable amongst strangers and become friends yeah so I was like damn if I could do it here and like these are like she's telling me to come I could go on stage and just do this right right and then I just first open mic three minutes I like prepared like that's when I was doing like oh I'll do a Smeagol joke and I'll do like Mm -hmm. I'll do these jokes and I was just like and it worked yeah (laughs) I was like all right, I got this That that's when it was like boom this is who I am. This is who I should, this is where I should be right. Like that, mm-hmm. that's when everything like cleared. Like I was like, oh shit, this is it. Like, 
oh, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Like, and it was like such a God. Like, I was telling you, like, crying in my car, don't know what I want to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, at 23. Like, because at 23, like. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this shit. No, 22. And I was like, oh, this is it. Mm. And then after that, I was just like, okay. Let's like, whatever this journey. At first, it's just like, yeah, be the comedian. Be the comedian. Then it was yeah. just like, now it's like, wherever this journey brings you now, mm-hmm. it's because it's rooted in comedy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's why we're here right now. That was like the purpose. Like, that's how I got here. Yeah. Damn. So wait, did you, what was your relationship with comedy before that? Like, were you just like watching, did you watch specials growing up? Or yeah, like- I mean, yeah, I remember just watching like, the first special was like um, Bill Cosby himself special. Mm-hmm. And my parents would also have like these Haitian stand-up comic acts that would act like clowns. Like, okay. <laughs> but they were like funny, like, you know, but they would they would tell like one man stories, but act like a character. So I, I remember watching those. And then like... I mean, BET Comic View for sure. Right. But then it was like when I started, like, started stand-up, it was just like I'd never watched it before. And I was just like Studying. watching every, like, yeah. every, everything. Marx Brothers, like, all the way up. Like, yeah. minstrel. Like, I was like, I am a student of this, like, yeah. Def Comedy Jam, Martin, what made Richard Pryor funny. Because at first I'm like, this guy's overrated. Like, this guy's just doing what Chris Rock did. Not knowing that Richard Pryor is the root of all the things that we're listening to. So, But I remember, like, imitating Eddie Murphy as a kid, like, Mm -hmm. to make my mom laugh in, like, tense situations. Like, you know, like, just like... And she'd be like, do it again in front of your dad. I'd be like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And and you started at 14. That's on some Dave Chappelle shit. That's on some... When I hear kids like that, be like... Fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you discovered your early gift. Like, you discovered it early. You know what I mean? Yeah, I or guess. Or never let it go from being a kid, you know? like Right. Well, but, it, and it's also like, I, it, like you, like the way you talk about it being so clear, it, it was. I mean, it was just like, I knew my dad liked Eddie Murphy. I, and that's all I knew as a kid. Like, I was just like, I didn't even understand really his history at SNL or all these things that happened. But I was just like, okay, my dad laughs really hard whenever this guy is on television or on a movie or whatever. And then once I realized, I don't remember what it was, but I remember realizing that he did these big stand-up concerts in the 80s. And I just remember going like on a deep dive on uh, YouTube and just started looking up raw and like you know delirious and all those old older videos and then i heard him shout out prior and then i just got really really deep into like the art form and then i just like realized i was just like oh you can like do that like you can get on stage in front of a bunch of people and just be like just tell stories and be funny and yeah man i just never like immediately i remember just realizing like especially in Milwaukee there was no place to do con- like stand up. I-, I did improv and all, you know, theater and stuff. But like, I think I was, imp- I don't know. I think I was impatient at a certain point because I realized, A, there was, there was, I was already that kid who was like running around with my parents' video camera and I would make these mo- quote unquote movies. I would force my sister 
and my cousins to be in these movies. And I would just make up, okay, we're going to do this. And the scene is about this and you're going to wear this. And I would just, you know, I would edit it. I would do, I was doing all this stuff. But mm. I realized I was like, I was already ready to be on set. Like I was making stuff and I wanted to make stuff and nobody else was really that hungry when I was a kid. So like, I think when I realized stand up, you can do that without anybody's help. Like, I don't need a crew. I don't need other people to be in it with me. I can just get on stage. All I need is a microphone. Mm -hmm. And then once I realized that, I also realized pretty quickly that I can't do that as a child in Milwaukee. So I had to create my own shows. So like, as like a 15-year-old, I started putting posters. I got permission from the school board or whatever. And I I started putting posters around the school. And created my own logo out of, I created my own logo that was like a cartoon version of my grandfather. Because my grandpa, he died when I was a little kid. But everybody would say, I reminded them of him and he had a sense of humor. He would prank everybody. He he was one of those, <laughs> he was one of those people who would, he bought those, uh, you know, those ice cubes you can buy with the flies in them. Mm, he would mm-hmm. buy shit like that and like hold out the peanut brittle and, you know. Oh yeah, those little prank games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would do shit like that. Okay. But anyway, so uh, I, I named okay. I named the show after him, and uh, but yeah, because there was no other way I was ever going to get on stage. So oh, that's that. impressive as fuck, though. Yeah, I was just hungry, and that, and I, and I moved to Chicago when I was seventeen. I didn't have uh, I couldn't get into clubs or anything, so I got a fake ID. I didn't drink. I just I got a fake ID just to do comedy from like ages like age seventeen. To 21. I didn't drink. I didn't drink alcohol until I was 20. I think I was 20 years old, maybe. Yeah, I was 20. And I didn't smoke till I was 20. I wait till I finished college. because uh, I finished college early. You finished wait, you started college. college at 17? Yeah, I started college at 17. And I did summer classes and I just stayed in Chicago just to do comedy. And so I finished when I was 20. And when I finished school, I Finally, <laughs> that summer, I think I celebrated and I got high and I started drinking uh, like beer. But before that, I was I was just doing comedy, like just straight up sober I in mean, these rooms with like middle-aged white dudes yeah, with a fake ID. Just that's, doing. that's crazy. You're <laughs> up there and they're just looking at this little black kid. Like, what the fuck is this kid doing? I know. But damn, that's yo that yo your journey is pretty cool. That's it's, it's pretty cool. Dude. And like, does anyone call you like little Spike Lee? Do they call you this? <laughs> I have heard that before. I think it's just the glasses thing. No, nah, it's the energy too. Yeah, like yeah. it's like yeah, it's not the glasses are easy. When I call yeah, you Spike yeah. Lee, it's just like anyone. With, I wear glasses, bro. I'm not Spike Lee, but I've been <laughs> called Spike Lee, and I'm like, yo, relax. Like, yeah. but like you are like just the way you said, like you were directing your cousin and brother, and you already had the camera and you're editing. They not Spike Lee ish, bro. Like yeah. you know what I mean. And then now look at you. You are on set doing these things, like oh, with real. I mean, not saying you didn't have real cameras, but you have like now like a real budget. You're still doing yeah. that. That's, I am. That's insane, bro. It's this insane. is uh, this is crazy. But I feel like it's if it's in you, like I don't know when you talk about like crying in your car and not knowing what to do <laughs> with your life. Like I don't. I remember thinking that, like, and accepting that. In in Chicago, I was broke. I was living with a couple other comedians at the time. You remember the Rev House? Yeah. Shout out anybody who knows. That's some deep 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 cuts for Chicago comedians. Um, but I lived with a couple other comics and and we were broke and I just remember being in my room like accepting that 
this is what I'm going to do. And I could be poor. I could be broke. I could live on the street at some point. I could maybe live, you know, I might have to move back to Milwaukee at some point. Like, I just, I just remember being in my room, like, just broke as shit, eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches, just accepting the poverty and just being like, this is what I'm going to do because I'm not, I can't do anything else. Bro. Yeah. I don't have, like, nothing else pulls me. I don't, I could never work a nine to five. The only other life I thought about doing was being a teacher and that still might happen later mm. in life, but. It could be, for um, sure. But yeah, man, I mean. I mean, that's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I think you think you have to go through that to see if it's worth doing it. You right. know, like, do you really love it or you're just like, you're doing it for some reason? Yeah, I, I was in the same situation. Like, when I started comedy, I think I was in the grand illusion Mm-hmm. A delusion. Like, I was making no money. Like, <laughs> zero. Like, I would just sleep at my mom's house. Like, and I was fortunate to have a car. But there's times where I'm just like going to gigs. And I have no gas in the car. Like, it was one time when a landscaper gave me like a gallon gas to get where I needed to go. Like, I was like, Whoa. I was no phone. Didn't matter. I didn't need a phone. Yeah. Like, I had a flip phone at that time. Like, this yeah. is 2012. Yeah. Like, I have a flip phone. <laughs> like and I was just like I'm not I'm getting gigs on my flip phone I'm like alright like I'm I was so focused man on just mm-hmm. like nothing else mattered but me getting on stage that yeah. is my therapy this is my anchor in this crazy world this is the only thing that keeps me sane what keeps us humble is what keeps us funny right so it's just yeah. like I don't like that we kick ourselves like yeah you think so I, I, I'm just I don't know man I'm trying to see it be loosened up a little bit but like at the same time, I like to laugh. Like, I like to laugh at real shit. Like, I like to laugh at, like, um, like if a girl is, like, on stage and she talks about, like, her her being molested and her mm-hmm. being raped. Like, I've seen this shit. Yeah. And you're just like, holy. And it's funny, but you're yeah. like, whoa. But, like, whoa. Yeah. You're funny as fuck. Because you got us here to here. Not like a cheap rape joke that guys do. Right, like, you right. know what I'm saying? Because they have an experience. But, like, also... Fellas, stop doing that shit. Stop. If you are listening and you just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how. If you haven't experienced so it, much, just, yeah, bro, they say yeah. humor, and that's what. Uh, I'm not gonna get into a rant, like, but that's what I was seeing. Like most comedians would be like, they would, they would hang around each other so much, what they started evolving. like to one another, where you'd go to a mic and it'd just be like, oh, I'm just getting a a different take. On your same subject, on the yeah, same subject, on the same they subject. Do that? I don't get that. So, like, when you're like, and then I was just like, I don't want to get in that trap. I, I'm reading Carl Jung, like, and it's a deep book about being oh. an individual mm. in a society where it's pretty much made for you to be part of a mass. You can't really be mm. an individual like that. Like, so he's like breaking it down what, like, it's hard to be an individual because it's just like there's a cookie cutter way of things, you know? So in yeah. comedy, the, they pride us on our individual thinking. They pride us on like how we think and the right. weirdness of what we think. That, and they want to listen. So it's just like, if you sound like this person and this person, because you don't give time for yourself. Like, I'm going on a rant that sounds like an old man. This is, <laughs> but it's just like, I, if comedians just really take the time to, like, and I'm sure they do it out here. And mm-hmm. there's great writers that really that's those are the those aren't the class clowns. Those are the writers that sit in the back of the room yeah. and they're just writing and they're writing, right? And they're mm-hmm. just like then they go on stage and make you laugh so hard. Then they don't hang out with you. Right. 
they don't hang out. They're just like, all right, see you guys. Like, I'm sure you worked with uh, Suba Agawa. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a beast. Beast. She's a fucking That's beast. That's when I saw in New York where, uh, this was years ago, bro, like 2014. Like, I'm, I'm watching her work. Like, she'll sit in a room just right mm-hmm. and just get on stage and work the joke out. And then she'll go to the next mic and do the same. Like, she's gone. She's planned and she's gone. Mm-hmm. She's not trying to look for friends. Right. Like, I think she'll attract who, like, I don't know her like that, like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, that was one of those comics where I was like, I want her respect. Right, right. Like, I don't want her to be my friend. I just wanted to say, hey, you're funny. And yeah. I think like, okay, I'm on the right path. Yeah. And so that's kind of comedian I was turning into. And I felt like in Chicago was like, you're either with this clique or you're not going to be a part of like mm-hmm. certain situations, and which I was okay with. Thank I didn't want to be that black friend. You know, right. that's what I want to say. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to be that black friend amongst white comics in Chicago. Right. Just to get booked on shows, just yeah, to like, just to, and it was a lot of segregation. And I didn't feel like I was on it. Like, and I think that's part of the film, like you're doing. Like, I didn't feel like I was black enough like I wasn't mm-hmm. rooted in Chicago enough to be in the black community right. of the thing I would have to like search it but while searching that I'm I'm not you know so I ended up feeling like I ended up feeling and I think that's why I like kind of left LA I felt like I tapped out on my energy of giving to people mm-hmm. where I was just like I was either trying to fit in like hey black guys notice me man like yeah. put me on your shows but it was also like I'm tired of making these white guys laugh and then just like these off-color jokes that I'm like, is this funny? Is it not? Or are you guys mm-hmm. being so like, am I should I be social responsible for your like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I hated that, man. Like, you know, so and those guys, the guys are funny out in Chicago. Like, don't get me wrong. I just mm-hmm. felt like I I wasn't clicking with any of them. Like, yeah. I think I'm I think for me, I'm very, very blessed to have my my partner, like my girlfriend like and which is you know I say partner just because I, I think that's a more fitting word but mm-hmm. I love like we have long conversations and sometimes I feel like I'm rambling and I'll sometimes say that to her like I feel like I'm rambling and she'll be like no 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 you're making sense you're getting it all out and she's following what I'm saying that's good by the way yeah you feel safe yeah I do because I because sometimes it's like Sometimes, and I think we've all had those moments where you're just like, and I think sometimes I used to, before I met her or before I had, you know, I consider her my best friend, like before I had her to fill that void in my life, it was me just going to straight to the stage or going straight to, I don't know, I didn't go to therapy until a few years ago, but sometimes I would journal, things like that. Mm. But before that, it was like, man, I don't, like, I didn't really have a way for me to work through my existence in that way. Because I think sometimes we, and maybe you shouldn't, I don't know. Maybe sometimes you'll find the best joke or the best idea or the best art by, and this is fucked up. I don't think this, I'm not recommending this to anybody. But sometimes the best art is from just not knowing if somebody feels it at all. Mm. And it's just like, I just got to say this because this is true for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just, I feel like rappers have a a pretty easy way of doing that. Like sometimes I'm listening to some lyrics and I'm just like, damn, nigga, like this, I felt that, but like, I wonder if this, if this artist, like, ha- did they talk to the person 
who this verse is about mm. about this mm. or did they just make this song and that person might hear it later mm. you know because it's some shit where I'm just like damn no this nigga probably just really went straight to the booth like didn't wait didn't pray on it didn't didn't write about it yeah like really maybe just took it straight to the people a hundred percent yeah I don't know like I would I would write it in the booth before I talked it out like I remember like I this girl like went through my phone for no reason like da 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 I just broke up with her like and I was just like furious because it was just like I didn't feel like she cared or she didn't have a heart bro I wrote eight like I was drinking whiskey smoking cigarettes I wrote a song bro like blah 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 damn and just released it mm-hmm. and then people received it like oh I could feel the angst and that I could feel like it's just like if I sat there and talked to her and she was like I'm sorry I didn't I wouldn't have wrote it like I wrote it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, damn, now I feel her energy. Like, nah, I don't want to, like, get that. Oh, I don't want to dig deep because it's just like, how would she feel now? Instead of really expressing how you feel. Like, on stage, that's where you're supposed to express the most. Like, Mm -hmm. if you get off stage and you did not express how you really wanted to feel, like, you were angry that night and you did a cheery set just to make people happy, you're going to be like… Like you're just gonna be like, oh, I just yeah. phoned it in. You, don't you know, feel a little empty. You feel empty. Yeah. But if you're just like, oh, I am frustrated. Here, here's my energy of frustration. Even if it's not mm-hmm. like the exact situation, but you're like, oh, oh, or you're so happy you shouldn't even be on stage. Talk about why you're so happy you should <laughs> not be here right now. Like, I am too happy to do stand up, guys. Like, yeah. I'm too good to be right. And then people are gonna be like, yo, this nigga is tripping. But you're just like. And then you just go like you have to have that whatever energy you're carrying that day. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot switch like I cannot switch it. Right. Just for I need to release like I like I remember like when there was no standups, mm-hmm. like no mics to go to, and I literally had to sit with feelings, nigga, for the first time. Yeah. Bro, I was like, what Oof. is this? Because I could always joke this off. I could always be like, this is. But this was the first time I was just like confused. Yeah. I didn't have anyone like at and that you time. Didn't do, did you do any Zoom shows during the pandemic? Nah, I did like one or two. Yeah. But this was like, like, I just didn't know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't feel like I could talk to a girl that likes me because it was like she wouldn't feel. And I couldn't talk to like a brother or sister because they're not yeah, yeah, in the yeah. situation. So I was just like, I usually joke this off. Like, and I then I, it hit me. It took me a while. I was just like, why do I feel this way? It was just like, oh, I usually joke everything. Mm-hmm. I put that all on stage and I come back and I'm like brand new. Like, okay, I joked it off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really. Now I'm like, this bothers me. Oh, shit. Man, that, that fucked me up. Damn. That fucked me. That's when I was like, oh, this is why therapy. <laughs> and this is why I journal. Because it's just like the journaling wasn't enough at that time. I don't think like, I was like... This is why I do all these things so I don't get fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Which is also like kind of insane to think about um, people that don't take the time to either sort through their shit or express it or let it out in Mm -hmm. some way. Mm -hmm. Because like everybody's going through their shit but it's like Man, I know people that got way, way heavy into drinking or like smoking or edibles or drugs or even, you know, porn or like just like just these deep 
ways that we, like you said, we can avoid how we feel. And we all have the, you know, those those things that we don't even understand like about ourselves. But yeah, man, which is also crazy because it's like to think about a lot of people that don't do stand-up or don't do comedy mm-hmm. or don't mm-hmm. paint or don't sing or don't make music. It's like, damn, y'all just really be walking around. How do you let your shit out? How do you... Because then it just comes out, bro. It's like niggas who... Bro, these motherfuckers... Like, that's where violence comes from. Yeah. When people say like, oh, this person had no business you know, hanging with that crowd or, oh, they shouldn't have been there that time of night or, oh, they deserve to go to jail or, oh, this person is, you know, shouldn't have hit their wife or, you know, obviously that's, these things are true, but when you look at the root of like where violence or anger, these, you know, shootouts, people that's, these people are fucking crazy. It's going a, on the yeah. New York subway shooting people. Like people's mental health is in like jeopardy. Just unchecked. Just unchecked, bro. It's like unchecked. It's dangerous. I mean, the the world that we're headed towards, like I know, hmm. I don't know. It's like education wise, like nap time, that hour, whatever during kindergarten, that should have been with a that should have been a a a that Eastern practice of taking a break, of taking time in the environment of school or work. That is so important, bro. And we don't carry that throughout our culture. Like, I remember going to a, uh, a show. I was at a, um, it was like a house show, like a backyard show. And uh, I had did a set. And I was super nervous. I did a good job. But this girl who did, was doing spoken word got up after me. And she said, before she started, she was like, I'm sorry. Can we just all take a breath? together right now and I could feel everybody you know drinks were happening everybody's you know kind of having a cool like you know house party vibe but it was really nice like it was really amazing for her to do that because everybody everybody needed that breath Mm. everybody inhaled with her and exhaled with her and then she started her piece but it just brought like a presence and like everybody was there together now and like I don't know we don't do that enough and I know I don't do that enough mm. like I think as especially in our society and the you know like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast like just feeling like you always have to be doing something like you always have to be working you always have to be you know working on something it's like I don't know I'm not a Buddhist <laughs> officially I have read Buddhist literature but like if I could if I could take one thing that I feel like even my dad, who's not with us anymore, was good at, and, and if I can work on that skill to hand to my future children or the younger generation who may be listening or watching us, you know, like, take a breath, bro. Like, mm. if you can become in tune with your breath, it's the easiest path to, like, joy mm-hmm. or happiness or just letting go, bro. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, bro. We don't do that enough. Let's do that, man. Hey, hey, everybody. What are you doing? You're not doing anything. Let's take a breath. All right. Let's just inhale. Hot breath. Hot breath. <laughs> that was hot breath for y'all. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, well, thank y'all for listening. We'll see y'all next time with some amazing guests coming up. Follow us on Instagram at High Power Pod. Check us out at highpowerpod.com. We're going to be back. And um, thank y'all for being on this journey with us. See ya. Peace. This podcast is brought to you by Jesus, the number one leading solution for mental health in the black community. Thank you.